0: Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. I know I say this a lot, but trust me, you are going to want to listen to this podcast and put on repeat, 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 and share it with the world. Because today we're talking about something everyone cares about. That's right. Money, baby. Sometimes I know this can be a difficult topic for most people, but my... Next guest makes it so user friendly and fun. I could have talked to him forever and I got so many tips that I could apply right away. His book, Cash Flow Cookbook, I love this description, is a simple step by step approach to get out of debt and build wealth. There are no gimmicks and no complicated schemes. And trust me, people. It's the truth. Ha! That's all I got to say. Sit back. Enjoy. As always, I really, really appreciate you sharing, liking, and rating this podcast. It makes a huge difference. And as always, I am truly grateful for your support and you sending me the most incredible clients and speaking engagements and buy my books. I mean, you people are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy. tittles.
1: This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life. And as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit.
0: Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. I know you constantly say to me, we're all about the well-being, Weston, but let's do well-being with money. So your wishes come true. I have a guest that's going to tell us how to make money easy peasy. Minimal effort, but before we bring him on, let me tell you about Gordon Stein. He is an international keynote speaker, blogger, personal finance expert, and author of Cash Flow Cookbook: Two Million Dollars of Financial Freedom in 60 Easy Recipes. He delivers transformational talks that help people crush their number one stress: their finances. His mission is to improve financial wellness and help his audience regain focus, bounce, and joy in their lives, which we love that. Gordon combines his trademark wit and no BS style to speak with employee and association groups, financial advisors, and the media about a breakthrough path to financial wellness with no risk, told you, minimal effort, minimal sacrifice, and no budging. Now, who doesn't want that? Welcome, Gordon.
1: Thank you so much, Sandy. A real pleasure to be here.
0: I'm so pumped, but before we get into all the questions people have sent in to me before you come on, I always ask them to send me questions. I ask every guest pick one word good, bad or ugly, that best describes your past thirty days, and then why you pick that word
1: i'd pick excited
0: excited, okay yeah. tell me why
1: i'm just I, I you know what I'm seeing so much interest in and people have so much challenges with their money, and I love this business of giving back and when I'm speaking from the stage, you just see people's eyes light up. There's possibilities that they haven't seen and the struggles that people go through with their money and to be able to deliver something that can really transform their finances. I'm getting more and more uptake on it. I'm talking to more and more people. I'm just pumped about helping people. It's fabulous.
0: To me, I always say there's two main things that if you can help anybody with, it's like awesome. And one is their their body because they go everywhere with it. And the other one is money because no matter what, it really affects every aspect of our life. And I think the biggest thing is, which you talk about is our relationship with money. So I want to start there because the number one question I got from my listeners when they knew you were coming on is they're like, please ask Gordon how I can change How I think about money. I know logically it doesn't benefit me to think I have no money. I can't pay my bills. Money is not, you know, something I've ever been good with, but I just don't know how to shift out of it. And I think that's for a lot of people, whether they they want to admit it or not.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that's right on. And I think the question itself kind of nails the answer. I think people are gamified about money and they're gamified through an agenda that gets set from the marketers so if you think about it from a marketing perspective you know and i've been one marketers you know analyzing people's functional mris to figure out what word combination is going to want to make them buy you know the sophistications of advertising the this this unbelievable need if you think about whatever it is a new apple product whatever it is you're lusting after the sweater you just saw advertised. Marketers have a way of getting us to this fever pitch where we, we just we, we are so compelled to buy You know, we've got to grab the Starbucks coffee on the way home because we have to have it half the time You don't even drink it. You just <laughs> kind of <laughs> You kind of need to have the warm cup in your hand, you know, so oh, to try to so that's many, <laughs> true.
0: It's comforting
1: <laughs> <laughs> So lots of personal finance people and I disagree with most of them too I'll just tell you uh, that up front. Ooh. they have this thing where they're gonna go and try and change that they're gonna say Well, we'll just give up your latte Stop going to Starbucks, you know, stop going shopping, all of these things. You can't. It's like the people saying, you know, um, stop grabbing a donut on the way home from work. It's not the way to do it. Yes, that's what you need to do ultimately. But I think there's a far better path and we have to retrain our minds. But let's do it in a way with minimal effort and minimal sacrifice rather than, you know, having this sort of cold shower approach that just about nobody can follow.
0: You know, years ago, a woman that talked about consumer reports on the news said to me, you know, Sandy, it's not that I don't think people should have Starbucks every single day. But if they're complaining about their money, I don't know how you feel about this. I just want them to be aware of how much they're spending on their Starbucks or their lattes every single month.
1: I agree with that. I think we've got to go back one more step. And what I'd say about money, you know, uh, people really misunderstand. So I can just tell you from a personal perspective, I wanted to get a kayak for my wife and I. I went out and bought great kayaks. I didn't skimp at all. We went to see the Eagles a little while ago. I got great tickets because you know what? Who wants to sit in lousy seats when you're going to see a band that you're excited about? Absolutely. So, but But there is a catch to it. And it's... It's where you start on this money journey, and that's probably where we should turn. What's the place to start? And the answer is not giving up things you love, not making a detailed budget. You know, imagine if I said, if your spouse said to you, hey, this weekend, let's sit down and prepare a detailed budget. How's that going over?
0: I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) vomit.
1: So, right. So, the whole key is that's not the place to start. Okay, so where are we starting? Well, in in Cashflow Cookbook, uh, it's it's written like a cookbook, so it's easy to follow, and it's got a lot of cooking puns. So, so my my editor said it's got enough cooking puns to fill a roasting pan, which oh it probably does. But yeah, so the first step in the book was that we talk about this idea of broiling a bill. So go back to the Eagles. If I want to see a concert, I'm excited about. I want great seats, no question about it. Now. If you think I pay a penny more than I need to on my gas bill or my electric bill or my house taxes or anything of these mundane things I spend, I absolutely do not. So what I suggest Mm. is you take these dozen bills or so that we pay every month, whether it's cell phone bill, car insurance, home insurance, life insurance, uh, utilities, house taxes, all of these things, these all can be dramatically lowered and it's shocking how easy it is to do. So what I like people to do and there's a couple in the book and we follow their story Eric and Keisha And we watch over the shoulder as they make these financial discoveries And they free up a million and a half of wealth for their retirement Wow But not breaking a sweat, so that's what we want to go through now So a great place to start to tune up your finances is you can pretty much pick any of these bills at random so let me take as an example car insurance Okay. So online, either online or with an independent agent who um, can serve lots of different kinds of insurance from lots of different carriers, take your pick, it's about a 15, maybe a 20 minute job to reshop your car insurance. It's not like the old days where you have to make nine phone calls and listen to bad, hold music and repeat your zip code five times. It's much easier now. So
0: Are you sure?
1: <laughs> I'm positive. You can go online something like Insurify as an example and you can have a dozen or maybe even two dozen insurance quotes in your hands in about 15 minutes i don't make any commission from them yeah so that's the kind of thing you can do or you can work with an independent uh, agent and start by reshopping something car insurance home insurance you know whatever one you want to do and i would say for a typical family let's say two drivers two cars i would say not unusual to free up two hundred dollars of monthly expense And this is switching to a reputable provider.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So there's a great example. So we just broil the bill. And then what do you do with the money that you free up? So some people say, well, gee, it's only $200. I don't know, we'll just, we'll spend it on something. Well, no, I think this is where you want to take that money and you want to, as I call it in the book, savor the savings. Let's get that money working with incremental investment with your wealth advisor. Or if your issue is you're strapped with high interest debt, Mm-hmm. There's $200 more a month, get that debt paid down. Gotcha. So we didn't give... What did we give up? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. We gave up paying too much on a car insurance.
0: Yeah. But yeah. we've already
1: started um, this pattern of really changing uh, those finances. Put it to this way. If we can find $400 a month over 40 years, that's an increment a million dollars at retirement. It's that easy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you're, it's... <laughs> It seems so, I, I find this all the time, and I'm sure you do too, Courtney. It seems, well, so, it's so simple. So it can't work, that can't be true. Like if I'm sacrificing and it's hours and hours and tiresome, well then it's gonna have reward. But you're saying it's these little things that gradually are gonna make a huge impact in your finances
1: it is but they're not so little so when I wrote cash flow cookbook it's a total of $13,000 of monthly savings ideas that's a lot monthly now most people would say I don't even spend $13,000 a month and indeed have not yet met someone who saved the full $13,000 if you do write to me and I'll give you a, another free copy of the book But, um, (laughs) um, but a typical person, I work, I work with a lot of wealth advisors. So they have me come in and speak to their clients. Yeah. And I would say, typical would be people would free up $1,000 a month. And that makes a big difference. You invest $1,000 a month. You know, if you, if you look at it over 30 years, as an example, that would add $1.2 million to your wealth at retirement.
0: You know, I, I wondered this. Does when The way you set it up in your book, you're saying it's not like you're going to sit down the entire weekend and map it out. Is this stuff that you can do little by little?
1: Well, that's the beauty of it. So in the book, as I mentioned, we, we follow this couple, Eric and Keisha. They're 35 years old. They've got twins. And they're, they're more or less living paycheck to paycheck. They've got a great life. And the kids are in programs and activities, nice house vacations. But they're really not putting a whole bunch away. So, in fact, in their story, they started with their car insurance. They freed up $200 a month. But then we watch as they go through all kinds of other areas. And we're seeing them make these discoveries. And right away, they take that freed up cash. In their case, they don't have a lot of debt, but it works just as well if you have debt. Yeah. And they commit that to Wanda, their wealth advisor. I'm a fan of alliteration. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um and Make just, it
0: fun. Make it fun.
1: We, we just watch that go. But and this kind of thing is everywhere and this goes back to what we talked about, changing people's attitude about money. So quick review. So we're gonna boil a bill, we're gonna free up that money, we're gonna savor the savings, we're gonna get that money working for us by paying down debt or incremental investment. And then I think the next step, and this is where your mind starts to really change, I like the idea of people tracking their wealth, which is just what you own. Minus what you owe and most people have no idea if I said what's your wealth they don't they have no idea It doesn't take long. You can do it on the back of a cocktail napkin You can do it on a sheet of paper do it on your iPad make a spreadsheet write an app Whatever you want to do and what you own are the things you can actually sell your home, you know your vehicles your 401k so how much you own and sum that up and then take a look at what you owe which is your Home equity line of credit, your credit cards, all the mortgage, yeah, car loans, yeah. whatever you've got. And that gives you a number. Then you just subtract one from the other and you've got your wealth. And I think if people can track that every month for a year, it completely transforms your thinking. And I think it's far more important than a monthly budget because a budget, you can make your budget number every year for 30 years. It doesn't tell me how much wealth you're going to end up with.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it also creates this headspace where you say, okay, I've budgeted. $650 for a car loan. Now, if you take that to the car dealership and they say, what's your budget? And you say $650. Well, great. They'll put you in a 128 month loan on a Lamborghini and uh, you're going to pay an extortion amount of interest, but you made your budget. And this is the problem. But now you think about it from a wealth perspective. You're going to look at this and you're going to say, okay, well, I don't want to do that because I'm going to be paying out this interest forever. So I'm going to make a smarter yeah. choice. So now you start to rewire your brain. And what happens is you start to get interested in building your wealth. And as that number goes up, some people say to me, well, I don't really care about money. You know, I don't want a Ferrari. Of course you don't. That's fine. So maybe what's important <laughs> to them is they want to give more money to their church. They yeah. want to take a year off and have a sabbatical with their family and go travel. Maybe they want to retire early. Maybe they want to get into the job that they hate. And they want to get into something that's going to pay less initially to move into a dream career and to really make a difference in the world and to approach their calling.
0: You know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at some of the highlights of your book. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what made you come up with a cookbook because it's like slice your transportation costs, chop food and drink. (laughs) I mean, I've never seen, I mean, I've seen a lot of finance books, but you're making this very lighthearted fun and user-friendly. So how did you come up with this amazing brainstorm?
1: Well, it's, it's really funny. People say, how'd you get into this? I had no plan to write this book or to leave the high-tech world that I was in, um, other than I've had a lot of large teams. I was an executive at companies like Dell and Apple. And at one point, I had 320 people on my team. And often they were young people and often over lunch, they'd say, Hey, how do you get ahead financially? How do you build wealth? Yeah. So I had this thing in my head, and I've always loved personal finance. I've always, you know, read personal finance books and all that. And then what happened was, um, a friend pointed out a, he spotted a car wash receipt on the console of my car. And he said, Geez, why would you spend money on car washes? And at the time, I was, Executive making, you know, plenty of money. I kind of thought, okay, why do I care about this $13 car wash receipt? And he told me how to get car washes for free. And it was, it was so easy. And I thought, well, that's interesting. You know, I saved between my spouse and I, you know, $50 a month on car washes. Not a big deal, but I was just yeah. intrigued because it yeah, was so fun. easy, right? Yeah. And then I heard an ad on the radio, uh, for, for lower cost home alarm monitoring. And I called them up, and it turns out they're $25 a month cheaper. And it was a phone call. So thereafter, I'm saving another $25 a month. So I looked at the $75. And again, at the time, that meant nothing financially. But it was so easy. So I wonder what else is there. So I started building a list, and the list grew and grew, and it kept on going over a span of about two years. And then I I took all of these numbers. They summed up to $13,000. And there's none of these nonsense uh. ones. I'm not going to drive to five grocery stores to save on. I'm not collecting coupons. I'm not making my own home cleaning products. I mean, to me, these ideas, if you have the time, that's great. I'm into easy. So they had to be easy to do. They had to save at least $25 a month. Um, minimal effort, minimal sacrifice, not give anything up. So the list grew. And then I said, I turned it into a spreadsheet. I said, what would happen if you invested this money on each of these ideas over 10, 20, and 30 years, and the numbers were just astronomical. And I read articles every day in the paper, people living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. spending their money. Yeah. I'm thinking, this is so easy to fix. So, I took my spreadsheet to my account and I said, hey, where's the math error in this thing? And he went through and he says, no, he says, there's nothing wrong with your math. He said, this would make a great book. Ah. and that's all I needed to hear so I had <laughs> I had my characters mapped out and I had this plot line and I started to write it and It just didn't fit because they're these discrete ideas one at a time on housing transportation food household lifestyle financial better ways to do everything and um, and I was frustrated and I was ready to give up and under my breath one day I said gee this thing's more like a cookbook." Uh.
0: and then I said <laughs> to myself oh
1: my goodness it's the cash flow cookbook and it was just so snappy, and it had a narration yeah, yeah. like we've talked about, and, and that was it. So um, it, it was a year to write the book after two years of research, and I wrote it originally in my native Canada. I'm now an American, yeah. and uh, so I just wrote the U.S. one, and uh, the U.S. one's dramatically better, whole new ideas, and just a better way to present it. So I'm really excited about it.
0: Well, I'm sure it constantly changes, so I'm glad you updated it. And you said it just came out in the U.S.
1: Yeah, the U.S. edition is live on Amazon as of about probably three weeks ago.
0: I was reading one of the reviews. They're like, you know, this should be a requirement before you graduate high school. (laughs) That was awesome.
1: Yeah, there's a real need for it. Well, I've spoken at colleges and high schools, and actually I did a a Boy Scout session with some 7 to 11-year-olds there. And uh, my wife said, you know, you're really going to have to dumb it down. And I was blown away with the questions. They're asking me about NFTs and Cryptocurrency and the efficient frontier, oh. and that gave me hope. You know, I thought, okay, all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd get hit a lot with you know AMC and GameStop recently.
1: Oh dear, yeah, the meme stocks. Yeah, you know, I did one for um, a group of grade twelve high school girls at a at a girls' school. And they they said, okay, we've got you booked for eight o'clock on a Friday. And I said, like, are you are you trying to torture me? You want to speak, you want me to speak to a group of seventeen year old girls Friday at eight a.m. How is this on personal finance? How is this going to work?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: but I, they were fabulous. I couldn't get out of there. They're coming up to me and say, look, I've got this in-trust account with my father and I just invested in Apple and I'm wondering if I should, you know, get more NVIDIA. It was unbelievable how interested and how engaged they were. We really, we need to provide more of this information uh, to our kids. We really do.
0: I, I agree because with all the courses they have in school, I remember sitting there with a couple people and a parent raised their hand, they're like, okay, these are all great. I get it. But I would love something with uh emotional support or even, you know, mental health techniques. And the other guy mm-hmm. goes, and also how to manage money. And I thought, of all the things we teach, those two things are really, really important. But it was weird because they're so concerned their kids are going to get in certain colleges and those weren't the courses that were gonna get him in, which to me seems totally backwards.
1: Well, that's crazy. And you know, when you talk about the sort of mental health and then you talk about financial wellness and what intrigues me is in the US, the whole wellness business, it's an $8 billion business. And when you look at what people have on their, you know, their wellness programs, meditation and yoga yeah, yeah. and counseling to help with their stress. Well, our number one source of stress According to the American Psychology Association, is our money. Yeah. So why absolutely. We, why don't we get rid of the stress in the first place? If you want to do yoga and meditate, those are good things. But let's go to the source. Let's fix people's money.
0: You know, it was so funny because I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here cringing because I don't want to have to tell my husband he's right. <laughs>
1: but... <laughs> is there anything? Is there anything worse than that?
0: No, I'm kidding, but. I remember we were out to dinner and these people were, you know, saying they couldn't sleep, they couldn't sleep, they meditate, it still's not working. And they were couples that were really concerned about money and their kids going to college and all that. And he, my husband says, listen, you know, he's a lawyer. He's like, I'm not saying you shouldn't meditate and all that well, why don't you try to improve the thing you're stressed about, you know? And they're like, no, 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 because there's always going to be stresses in your life. You have to learn to meditate. He's like, I'm not saying you shouldn't meditate again. I'm just saying maybe you would meditate less if you worked on the thing that was stressing you. It was funny.
1: Sandy, I I love this man.
0: (laughs) Common sense at its best, right? Very logical. Like, common sense at its best, you know? it's like and I believe me I love meditating and journaling and I'm all about mindset but you you can't avoid the things that you want to work on you know it would be like being concerned with your weight and meditating about it but still every night you know having so much dessert you know right before bed so
1: (laughs) hey do you want to talk about some of the recipes yeah I do
0: I do want to talk oh that was a good segue I like that (laughs) <laughs> so
1: I love this stuff. I could talk about it for days, and and I often do. Um, so you know, in the recipes, it's interesting. They fall into different groups. Some are some are about conserving. You know, reduce what you use of something. Yeah. Um, others are about shopping. Others are about pure innovation. Some disruptive companies that can really um, slash your costs, which are pretty interesting. Um, and some are about negotiating. So they're all different kinds. And in the book, we break them into six sections. So we talk about, and we can run through whichever ones you want to talk about. We talk about housing, transportation, food and drink, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: household, lifestyle, and financial. And so I give you a couple, then we can get into whatever area you want. How's that sound?
0: That sounds great.
1: Okay. So one of the most interesting ones, and I missed it, frankly, in the first seven printings of my book, if you can believe it. And I'm almost embarrassed by it. But it's interesting because it's so stealthy. So we talked about minimal effort, minimal sacrifice. And I quite recently discovered this whole business of a credit rating. Never thought about it. Had a great credit rating. And then I came to the US um about two and a half years ago and I applied for a credit card. I think it was at a Best Buy. And they turned me down. <laughs> In Canada, I you know, I had a few cards with a thirty 000 or forty thousand dollar limit. They wouldn't give me a card. I said, well, Ooh. you know, give me one for, I don't know, just $1,000. No. And so I went to the bank, and finally I had to get a card that had a $300 limit. And get this, I had to leave $330 on deposit. It was like a baby credit card, a training wheel credit card. I was Yeah, hum- yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was
1: humiliated. And it got me into this whole thing because I had no credit rating in the United States. I had no idea who it was. So I've been busily working myself up to get a good credit rating, but it really opened my eyes and what's interesting is you could have two people um, earning the same amount of money, same sort of age and stage, all the rest of it. One has a good credit rating and one has a mediocre one. Well, the difference in their interest costs on their mortgages and their car loans can swing by seventy percent seven zero Wow. And their car insurance can swing by 30 to 50%. Their house insurance can swing by 30 to 50%. So it's not at all inconceivable. You could have two people, similar age and stage, own their homes, whatever. One has some errors on their, on their credit report, very common. And as a result, they're, they're, they might be paying a thousand dollars more a month in total between their loan interests on their cars and their housing, et cetera, and their car insurance and their home insurance. And they may be getting turned down for jobs. As well. So, this credit rating is really something overlooked for the first while. But again, minimal effort, minimal sacrifice, really easy. You can go online, get an account with Experian as an example, see your credit rating, and you can also see what's in the report. So, when I checked mine, I did this um, earlier, I had some credit cards that I'd long since canceled and they were still in there. So the errors are very common and they're easy to fix. You can oh, yourself, wow. you can get a firm. So there's one, again, you're not giving up your Starbucks, you're not, you know, do you get great tickets for the Eagles. <laughs> Springsteen's coming in April, I can assure you I'll be near the front. So, um, So that's an interesting example. Another one, and there's lots of, you know, ones that are pretty straight ahead, you know, gas bill, electric bill, I'll show you how to easily drop all those dramatically. I've slashed both my electricity bill and my gas bill at my home in Cleveland by 50% each. Wow. It's shockingly easy to do. So there's an wow. example. But an interesting one, um, one of the other ones that fascinated me when I did the research for the book is clothing, and when I'm on a stage... And as soon as I say clothing, I just see people recoil in horror and people say, no, I love my clothes. What are you doing? Stop. But um, what's interesting is we only ever wear 20% of the clothing that we buy.
0: Oh, I believe that. A lot lot of people say
1: that's preposterous, but you know whether you do the trick where at the start of the year, you turn your hangers backwards and each time you wear the outfit, you turn it around, or if you have a, a clothing drive at your company, Um, any of those things will make you realize, yeah, that's true. So you could, as an example, double your spend on clothing. In other words, double the great items in your wardrobe while slashing your clothing costs in half by just getting a little bit more mindful. And, you know, many of us have had the experience you're, you're out shopping, which I think is a dumb thing to do. I think you buy when you need something, but, That'll come over time. (laughs) People are out shopping and they see this fabulous blue sweater. It's a designer brand and look at this thing. It's 50% off. And, uh, you know, all excited. So we buy this thing in a big hurry. Either you don't try and turn it, uh, try it on. And it turns out the sleeves are too long. It's too boxy. It doesn't fit. It's on sale. You can't return it. You never wear it again. And that's obviously pure waste, but maybe it really is great. You try it on. You love it. And I've had the experience. You bring it home. And you fold it up neatly, and you go to put it in your closet, and where do you put it? Right beside the other almost identical blue sweater that you already had because oh, you boy. didn't shop mindfully. You didn't say, hey, here's the pieces that I need.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just saw it and loved it, yeah.
1: Right. And when you buy it, buy great stuff. Don't buy cheap crap. Buy good stuff, good quality shoes, good quality clothing, but just do it mindfully. You know, Lay out your wardrobe. Uh, in the book, Eric and Keisha do a bit of a fashion show. For each other, and they get rid of a ton of stuff, but it just really made them realize. I think they threw out, you know, five garbage bags of stuff. They took to the box, you know, in the parking lot of the mall. They're not wearing it, and and they realize, and they realize in the book that holy cow, we did do this just one year ago, and we're clearing out all this stuff all over again.
0: Isn't that crazy?
1: You know what? We we all do it.
0: I, I'm sitting here thinking, you know. I'm not a big shopper. Mm -hmm. I'm not. But I did a few years ago exactly what you said. Like, not with the hangers, but I did the thing of seeing what I wear and what I don't wear. Mm -hmm. And I I am not an impulsive buyer. I don't (laughs) just buy. But what I did do... Is thinking because it's less, I'm really somebody that goes to those secondhand stores, you know, <laughs> and gets great outfits and designer wear. And what I realized thinking, oh yeah, I'm not a shopper. I don't spend that much money, blah, 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 blah. But here I was buying more than I would ever wear anywhere because it was an amazing price. Now I had to reset the whole thing. Like, okay, just because I'm going in and it's secondhand, I'm recycling and. I didn't realize, and then I started looking at how much I really was spending. and It was ridiculous.
1: It, it really is. And if you watch, I don't know if you've ever watched Marie Kondo on Netflix, the tidy up lady, and she goes into people's homes. And yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I've only declared. seen it a little bit, but yeah.
1: <laughs> it's strangely compelling. I don't know why I bought the book. I mean, you know, tidying up. I never thought when I walked by a bookstore, I'd be picking up the book on tidying up, what got into me. But she has this infectious way about her. Um, but, you know, you see when she does her tidying up and bag garbage bags after garbage bags leaving people's houses. And people are saying, wow, the house looks so nice. And I'm saying, wow, each of those bags got to be a $1,000 worth of stuff that people are just going to give away.
0: Yeah. And they do yeah. the
1: same thing a year later. They probably have to bring her back in a year later. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, Gordon, I do want to switch gears a little yeah. bit and find out a little bit because more about you because they're definitely going to want to buy your book i mean they're going to want to have it it's just going to be their guidebook they refer to Uh so let's talk about you and your relationship with money have you always been interested in money as a little kid were you always that entrepreneur or is this something that happened later in life
1: well i've always been interested in it and uh interested in investing and how money works i I just find it fascinating and the difference is really dramatic you know uh, like anything else like diet and exercise you make a handful of improvements and you know the power of this just compounds and there's people there who you know money just flows in it's a piece of cake they don't even think about it but so many people are sweating so i wanted to help people but i did have an experience uh, around year 2000 where I was an executive at a high tech company and doing really well. I just, you know, won an award with, you know, tripled stock options and all this kind of thing. Great relationship with my peers and the other executives and all that. And then what happened is one by one, um, actually a, a new leadership came in from Europe and fired the HR person that I was very close with, um, fired my immediate boss. Um, our general counsel moved to do some work in India. Our head of finance was fired, moved elsewhere. And I had nobody all of a sudden. Ooh. So a new president moved in from Europe. And often, as often happens, he wanted his own guy yeah. to run the part of the business I was running. And I was on the street. And at the time, I owed $555,000 in Oof. mortgages. I just bought a new home. And this is in Toronto where housing is quite expensive. Yeah, So yeah. Um, I was out on the street in January. It was snowy. I got terminated at 7 p.m., made me wait around. Uh, I won't forget him for that. Anyway, um, so here I am, and it was in the middle of what they call the tech crack, this tech recession. So no technology firms were hiring. And it was just a cold chill that happened. It was was devastating. And, you know, Mm -hmm. going out on interviews, and I remember going out to search firms, you know, headhunter firms, and they were empty. And I said, where's all the people? And they said, are you kidding? We had to let them all go. There's no jobs out there. Wow, and I'm sitting there with my more than half a million dollars of debt, and it was uh, it was a frightening time. And you know, I doubled down, and I was uh, anxious and stressed, as you can imagine. I went out and I ran five kilometers every day, (laughs) three miles, just to just to get my head tuned up. And then I would just pound the phone. I'd call anyone who would listen to me, and went at it until I had another job. But and and it's not like I was extravagant, you know. uh, You know, the the assets against that debt were quite considerable, so I wasn't in, you know, I hadn't done anything foolish, but man, it really makes you realize, you know, you can go from being in a great position to really being in trouble uh, in a pretty big hurry.
0: So when did you feel more relaxed? Like how long before you were like, okay, I got a handle on this?
1: Well, you know, I worked it and worked it and worked it, and I just worked the phones till I found myself another great job. And I just put a big priority on getting rid of that debt as quickly as I could, and I did. Um And ever since then, I really think it's smart to live a little, you know, lower off the hog, yeah. not to extend yourself. You literally don't know what's going to come next week. A health problem, you know, your spouse can't work, um, you know, you need money to help a relative or something. We just don't know what's coming. And so real happiness doesn't come from, you know, that shopping trip where you bought a bunch of stuff that you regret when the credit card bill comes. Happiness comes from freedom and from not having to worry. And that's far more powerful than having a little bit of extra stuff.
0: Yeah, I have a big thing for my business. And someone said to me, you know, name two words I was asked at a conference of how you want to show up professionally. And I said, financial freedom and pure joy, and I thought if you have those two things, you're golden.
1: Yeah, I think that's it, and I think you know love is important in there as well. Yeah, um, and you know I think being on a, I think a quest is really important. People need to have a quest in life that they're passionate about, and I think a lot of people, you know, dislike their jobs, maybe not even because it's particularly a bad job, but they're not fulfilling a quest. So, when I left the corporate world and cash flow cookbook and I'm out speaking on the book and I just see people light up and people come up to me I get off the stage and they gather around and they, they've got questions and they're excited about a new path or people write to me after they read the book and say I had no idea about doing these things mm. and you know what they're excited and in many cases they went from a place where they would never have financial freedom never have financial wellness and it, they grabbed a few recipes in the book applied them and you know, they're on a completely different footing, not that hard to free. I mean, you free up 500, 700, you know, $1,000 a month, put that to a good cause, paying down debt, increasing investment. You're on a completely different trajectory. Yeah. And then you really start to change your mind when you're looking at that, your wealth statement that we talked about earlier, Sandy, and you start to see that number going up. And mm. you're doing good things, that's moving the number up, but then what'll happen is you're getting rid of debt, You're increasing productive assets, you know, be it real estate, stocks, bonds, whatever. And they start moving up and there's this accelerating effect. And you realize you're going to get to a place of freedom. And when you're not stressing about money, you can go and fulfill your higher purpose. And I promise when people do that, that's when you really get to this unbridled point of joy. You're making a difference. You're helping other people. And you're not tethered by these financial fears. People stuck in jobs they hate. A lot of people yeah. are stuck in marriages they hate, you know, relationships they aren't happy with. Yeah. Why? You only go around once.
0: Yeah, I, I like the way you put that. All right, I know you've mm-hmm. covered this a little bit, but before we go, I would love to get mm-hmm. this in. What three changes could our listeners make today to build wealth? Now, you've touched on it, but I'd love to sum it up.
1: Yeah, well, I think the first one is pick a bill and broil that bill you can you can reduce all of them um you know the ones that are conserving take a look at your gas bill your electricity bill your water bill all of these things i've got blog posts tips you get the book from the library whatever it takes but learn how to reduce all of these things go through all 10 or 12 that you have grind those down that's step one step okay. two savor the savings get that money working for you don't look at it don't leave it in your checking account it'll evaporate Get it get it committed, you know, your employee stock purchase plan, your four oh one K, your Roth IRA, your debt pay down, your credit cards, get it going in a productive way and be disciplined just about that. I'm gonna to move to four steps. Once you do that for all of those kind of boring, recurring monthly bills, your cell phone, they could all get reduced dramatically. Then you can start taking a look at your discretionary as you start to map out your wealth. Because naturally you're then gonna say, Well, hang on, if I get, you know, a coffee on the way to work. And a coffee and a muffin on the way back, how much does that add up? And typically, that sort of discretionary spend, that might be $300 a month. That's not hard to do. So now you're going to have a different lens. Now you are going to be motivated to get rid of that or prune down that other spend. Do you really need it? Could you bring a thermos of coffee to work or whatever the change is?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: or even water is a big one. So then you start doing that. You're tracking your wealth. And I promise you can start to move a completely different place in your finances and that's the time it's not in the book but that's the time to go figure out your purpose and when you do that that's where you get to real happiness and fulfillment i think
0: i love that gordon (laughs) no so let me ask you are you because i know for a while a lot of keynote speakers weren't out and about speaking they were doing mostly virtual are you Mm -hmm. out and about all over the place again
1: um, it's shifting now. So, um, I'm seeing more interest in live. I just booked one, uh, it's going to be live from the stage in a terrific, uh, facility, actually a Canadian one. Um, and I've got, uh, three coming up with a U.S. client on the stage. Um, actually, that one's right here in Cleveland. Ooh. Um, which is fun to do it in the hometown. Um, but yeah, there's more and more interest. People want to get out. People want to reconnect again. You know, yeah. they want to wear pants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Get out of their sweats, right? And their jammies. Well,
1: yeah. And hopefully everyone who comes to see me on the stage is going to have pants. That's my yeah. hope.
0: If not, you'll laugh a lot. Or
1: at least you stay seated, you
0: know? <laughs> at least stay seated. <laughs> so. Okay. And big, big thing. What about the people that are writing me who, like you said, they're living leaving paycheck to paycheck, but they can't <laughs> even begin to think to save even a penny. I'm guessing you're going to tell them to go back and look at their existing bills because there are going to be ways that they can cut everything down.
1: I will personally guarantee there are ways to cut everything down. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, that sounds great, but, you know, I just don't have the time. Okay, well, I'm just going to say this. The average American watches 20 hours of television a week. So you know what? You, you actually they do have the time. You're gonna miss if you're gonna miss a handful of episodes.
0: Or keep it on in the background. You
1: know? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if you went through the if you went through all of Cashflow Cookbook, you went through every recipe. I don't think you'd even need 20 hours to implement everything. I would say typically more like 10 hours to wow. make all of these Woo! changes, and that's one week's worth of television. You can do it. I'm yeah. confident. You know,
0: I love that. Yeah, I love it. And I, I love that i can hear it in your voice like there's no doubt in your mind that this is going to work and i love that you want to share it with the world
1: i'll give you one more quick example if you would that be helpful
0: i i would love it
1: okay so here's a live one because i see these things all the time so i got prescribed uh crestor by my doctor for cholesterol it's probably the most commonly prescribed drug in america some people have drug plans, some people don't have drug plans. If you do, you gotta co-pay all this stuff. Yeah. So I went to go get the pills and what nobody thinks about. It. You get the prescription from your doctor you saying, oh, well, where's the pharmacy? I gotta get this thing filled. You never say, how much is it gonna cost? And is there a better way to buy this thing? Who asked that mm. question? Nobody. So I go into one of the big, uh, you know, pharmacy companies in the in the basement of my doctor's building. Who knew? So convenient. So I go in to get this thing filled, and uh, she gets it filled. And she goes, it's $107. Well, how long does that do me for? One month. Yeah. And I said, well, so I have to take this for the rest of my life. It's $107 a month. She said, yes. I said, that seems a little pricey. <laughs> and she says, well, why don't you get her drug card? Because then it's only $63 a month. <laughs> I said, well, how much is the drug card? $20 a year. Oh. Well. This is a deal, right? Twenty dollars yeah. a year to save five hundred. So I signed yeah. up for the drug card. I went for dinner with my brother, and I'm bragging about how smart I am with the drug card. And he said, "No, no." He says, "You want to go to one of the online yep. uh, prescription drug places?" So I gave him the name of his. And so I thought, "Well, that's interesting." And I went home, looked up my drug. Thirteen dollars a month. <laughs> you just you go to the you know the CVS, the Walgreens, get the pills for thirteen uh, I instead of in. one oh seven. But yeah. then I thought, you know, if it's gone from one oh seven to sixty three or thirteen, my bet we're not done. So I look online. I look oh at some God. different uh, yeah. online stores. I get the pills for $7 a month delivered to my door.
0: <gasps>
1: did I give up anything? Did I sacrifice something? Uh, no. No. So these things are absolute. That's a 94% savings on my prescription drugs. How yeah. long did it take me? Maybe yeah. 15 minutes, including the bragging to my brother-in-law. So yeah. you know it's everywhere, and people just don't put the effort. And I'm, you know, you don't have to swear at people. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to haggle. It's not like a, you know, you're at the the Grand Bazaar in Istanbul or something. Yeah. Um, this yeah, is I really understand. easy. Yeah, <laughs> and most of it's online. So that's what I want yeah. people to do, and they can really make a difference uh, in their lives.
0: Yeah. I, I would love for that, just take the challenge, just even just take, you know, one week, like you said, 10 hours and just see what happens, you know, and it's uh-huh. it's going to have long lasting effects.
1: It will for sure. There's no question. Yeah. Great.
0: All right. We got to go. But before we wrap up, I just uh, want to know every which way they can find you and get your book.
1: Yeah. So start with cashflowcookbook.com. Uh, there's, it's everything on there is free. Um, there's, there's about 60 blog posts to read. You'll see I haven't done one in a while because I was busy writing the U.S. book. They're going to restart again. You, you can subscribe to my blog posts. Okay. I don't sell it to the Russians. I don't spam you with anything. Uh, you just get notified of my blog posts when I get around to writing one. Uh, so that's a place to start. Um, you get a copy of Cashflow Cookbook. There's a U.S. edition or a Canadian edition. If we got some of my Canadian friends listening, they're both on Amazon uh u s book is nineteen ninety five It's a pretty cheap way to start improving your finances so you can check that out um and listening to the podcast with you is another great way. You can follow me on twitter and Instagram and all the usual places at cashflow cookbook, except for on twitter where they don't give you enough space so it's at cashflow cook b k <laughs> okay. it got abridged
0: <laughs> so oh, Gordon. I, yeah, real... I, I love the fact, <laughs> not only <laughs> are you so great about putting out information that everybody can understand, but I love the fact that you have a nice sense of humor with it. I really do. It makes it so much more enjoyable. And I really appreciate you taking the time to be on Let's Keep It Real.
1: Oh, absolutely a pleasure to be here, Sandy. And you know, you got to have fun in life. So really, really fun being with you today.
0: Yeah. All right, my let's keep it real people. You know, for sure, you're going to want to share this, rate it, like it, and we really appreciate it. So until next time, toodles.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.